Warm welcome back to the information security stack together with me, Daniel Gustafsson and Kim Hindat. Today, Kim, we are going to be a bit creative, we thought. Um, the last couple of weeks and with the last months that's been going on with the uh, fall of Privacy Shield and all the discussions of if you can use American hyperscalers or not, what is legal and what is not, we thought we should be a little bit creative and actually come up with some sort of ideas on how to actually be able to use in this case office 365 because we had a long going thought a couple of years back to actually use the service ourselves this was before the fall of privacy shield to be clear but we actually had a plan and instead of just saying that everything is illegal and everything is impossible we thought we might come up with some suggestions of what you actually could do to become well at least make use of the service for what it is right now and this goes for the Google Suites and all the American uh, services as well. So should we try to explain our ideas of what we thought would be possible in order to be able to use, in this case, Office 365? Yes, and remember, this was before Privacy Shield fell. So, mm -hmm. um, but in, in big essence, the same things can apply even today with the fall of Privacy Shield. Uh, at least the things we intended to do when it comes to handling GDPR and Office mm. 365. The first thing you need to do uh, is, of course, you need consent from all people who have individual email addresses. That's yes. not, uh, that's uh, a total given. Uh, they mm -hmm. will uh, need to consent that you use uh, their private uh, or their personal email. Uh, in uh, an American service, uh, of course, if they don't, if they mind that, and if they don't want to, then you can always uh, create functional email addresses like support, info, or something like that, and several people share them. Then it's not mm -hmm. uh, personal information anymore. So, email addresses by itself. But as soon as you have a personal email to one single individual that's uh, personal data in, uh, directly and uh, yeah, uh, consent from all employees. Uh, on our end, when we were a small company around 40 people, that's easier than if you're a really big company. But on the other mm. hand, if you're a really big company, you can use make use of a functional mail boxes a lot more. Mm. So consent from all the people uh, from all uh, the personal email addresses. Uh, secondly, we intended to use uh, encryption. And just to be perfectly clear, encryption is still personal data if it's reversibly encrypted. That means if I yes. can decrypt something, it's still personal data. Never mind that uh, it's still encrypted its personal data, but it's less, a lot less sensitive than it's if it's in clear text, of course, but it's still personal data and falls under uh, jurisdiction of the law. So uh, what we had in mind was, of course, encryption at rest. Encryption 
in motion when it's in traffic. That's a given, that's a standard. You can't even deactivate that in the services today. That's there by nope. default. So that's not something you really need to worry that much about. What you need to think about is what happens when the with the stored data. How do I ensure that this is encrypted all the time? And especially, mm. it shouldn't be available even to the provider itself. Microsoft has this uh, thing called uh, Lockbox uh, that offers this, but we were looking at building a solution totally outside Microsoft themselves as well. That means uh, we were thinking about buying S-MIME certificates and buying uh, a client solution that can encrypt and decrypt files uh, with uh, the same thing as S-MIME with the certificate on a user-friendly basis. So having clients, so thick computer clients that you uh, insert your own certificates. And these certificates should be, uh, by all means, uh, distributed by an HSM, uh, so a hardware security module, where you uh, issue your certificates from a hardware-based mm -hmm. thing. And uh, these certificates are, of course, provided uh, from a totally independent vendor, nothing to do with Microsoft or anything. And then no. you insert the certificates into clients and only work through clients. We could never use the web interfaces in any way, just to be clear no. in that sense, because that would only give us encrypted data. <laughs> so yeah, mm. in a sense, we wouldn't be able to see that much in the web interfaces. So uh, clients, files, and uh, uh, email. And to re remember as well, uh, this would primarily be email. That means mail, contacts, calendar, and this stuff, and uh, some type of file sharing, file syncing. Uh, Direct online collaboration between several people would also be impossible in this scenario directly because the files would be encrypted outside the service uh, as well. So, yeah, that would be an issue for, the, mm. uh, for that use. So things like OneDrive, no, we wouldn't uh, make much use of that. So a lot of things that is included in the Office 365 would not be available to us. Teams would be possible to use, but only in the live session scenario. Teams would be done for the video and for the live uh, sending back and forth, but no chat, no files, nothing that has any persistency, persistent storage. In the future, we might eventually see something that has a client side encryption and decryption of chat as well in Teams, but well, from what mm. I've seen today, there's nothing really working well there in that scenario. So, uh, but yeah. so Teams, no, we would uh, we would use Teams just for the live sync scenario, so to speak. So, so as you can hear, this was a very user friendly type <laughs> of setup. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it would work and. <laughs> Let's talk about that. 
we were a small company, but a tech-heavy company, of course. With all the tech individuals we had on our payroll and really good tech people, their focus was, of course, uh, prioritized on running the customer's environment. So providing the customer with mm. it. Yeah. Uh, so our own stuff, of course, when you're in a high-tech delivery scenario, when you deliver services to customers, the customer services always has priority. And yeah, that makes mm. sense. Own internal yep. services. Well, not so much. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we were, uh, we didn't have the best internal services to say that because they didn't give get nearly as much love and attention as the customer services. So yeah, uh, and remember, it takes a lot of competence and time to be good at hosting a mail platform as well. Yes. So that's some a pretty hefty investment you should be prepared to make. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, in that scenario, we thought it makes sense just to buy this off the shelf. Hmm? Yes. But remember what I've said, these are the things we needed to do just to meet uh, GDPR. Uh, the next thing is all contacts need to have um direct approval you need to get consent from all your contacts yes uh, in the system so if you are intend to put in contacts into uh, the service itself uh, you need uh, to have approval from them mm. in a business to business scenario this is usually not a problem no. most people are accustomed to having to deal with the uh, uh, us-based services so they don't mind Yes, yep. from a business business scenario, but you should remember you need to have consent from all contacts. So, and then you need to train your staff to handle this appropriately. Of course, never ever go outside the clients with encryption. You need to handle the things when they gather approval from their contacts, and you need to teach them what different services they can't use and yep. why yep. Uh, so this is something you need of course to train your staff to and especially important is mail because anyone can send highly sensitive uh, personal data mm. in a mail to you yes. that's not something we uh, we can be responsible for that's no. That's just the way of the world, how web mail works. And mm. believe me, the authorities know this, so that's not a problem. Mm. What happens next, though, is hugely important problem because then you are not allowed to make any further processing of this. Exactly. So that's when you need to train people. No, this is not the right way how to handle this. And they need to analyze that and realize this is not something I can process with this service anymore. Mm. So we need to find another way. And I mean, that that in general is a tricky bit, I guess. I mean, the actual inbox itself to keep that clean mm. from personal information is, I would say, darn near impossible. And here's where you here's where we're going to struggle. Yes. And here's where it takes a lot of training, a lot of practice to mm. realize this. Uh, but. Remember, we were a business-to-business entity. Yep. Uh, 
if you're a school, if you're a public agency, well, no, sorry to say, this would be darn near impossible. Mm. This would be really tricky, but yeah, yeah not totally impossible. No, nope, absolutely crazy not. Crazy tricky. Yes. Yeah. But you need to be very, very uh, structured and very organized. Extremely clear with uh, with all your uh, <clears throat> uh, stuff to yeah. how this should be handled. But anyway, so this was uh, what we look were looking at. This, mind you, wouldn't uh, get rid of anything. We would still need a lot of on-prem storage solutions for sensitive data that we couldn't use in this service. So this mm-hmm. was pretty much, I would call it a generic mail sending, mail receiving service, mm. more like an internet provider in a sense that it would just provide us with the mail traffic protocols Yes, for from our end. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so this was what we were thinking about. So uh, that's something to remember. and. Especially important to notice, nothing below the E5 tier on Office 365 works. Yes. So you need the E5 tier. There's a lot of extra fluffy stuff you get in the E5 that you will yeah, mostly not be able to use, but a lot of important, important stuff you really need, like the data retention rules, mm. policy settings, governance settings. Yep. These are only available to in the E5 tier. So the different tiering that Microsoft provides uh, also makes it uh, that you need to have the E5 and nothing yeah. else. Yes. So. so you need to be very thorough when you go through and look at, at the different tiers and the different specs and what actually is included in each tier. So yeah. But for us, in this case, the E5 was the only solution. Yeah. And if you think this is a lot of tricky stuff to handle just with the GDPR, you should remember that this is only in the scenario that Microsoft themselves is not prepared to change. Because the fastest and most easiest way to be able for uh, European customers to be able to use Office 365 lies heavily with Microsoft mm. themselves to start with. They can move uh, the owners of Microsoft, the majority owners of Microsoft are all heavy super billionaires. Mm. They own real estate across the world. Yep. They can move to Europe tomorrow. Mm. They, they can settle down. They can buy a Greek island if they want to. If they wanted to, yes. Yeah, we're talking this amount of money with the ownership of Microsoft. So that's yeah. not a problem. They can buy a Greek island and move there. Yes. And they would be within the EU and everything would be fine all of a sudden. Yep. Of course, they don't do this because then the US government would complain. Mm. So the Microsoft's option within the EU is to get all the EU governments to accept a lower standard than they mm. provide to the US government. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, so they could move. The secondly, they could split up Microsoft into a totally European entity as mm. well. That's mm. not a problem. That's easy done as well. So they can do that fastly. And thirdly, they can provide on-premise alternatives. To this yes, they could. Well. You you know what that is an option as well. I mean I mean we we kind of kind of that was the kind of the way it used to be, wasn't it? And then God that darn was it. 
<laughs> yes, and but but to be fair, I I can I I can uh, totally understand Microsoft's stance on this as well. That on-premise solutions and license modeling and license handling is a bugger. So I can understand that you know they wanted to keep track of of, of the infrastructure and they wanted to keep track of the usage and so on. And having on-prem installations with external licenses is hard to monitor. I can I, I so I I fully understand the the business model in itself. Absolutely. But to your point, it could have been an option to remain, at least have that as an option. Yes. And you can change and modify the on-prem solution as well. You can have what you call managed private clouds. Mm -hmm. They could offer that you as a customer gets an appliance installed in your basement, mm -hmm. in your data center, and you own that and you control that finally. But Microsoft is the one who all, uh, provides all the services. So it's more a black box renting solution than yeah. anything else. Could they would still well. be in totally control then, but it would still be totally legal. Mm. And because, like I said, mind you, this has, uh, <clears throat> this has been done before, you know. Mm. Before the cloud, you had on-prem solutions. Yes. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm impossible. So, just to be very clear, it's only and solely a business strategy mm. that Microsoft says. And Microsoft intends to uh, lobby for EU to change laws adapted to their business strategy. And this is something you should keep in mind. Yeah, rather than the other way around, maybe. Or rather the other way around. You mm. might think of changing your business strategy, adapting that to... To European law, yeah. Existing laws, yeah. Mm. Have you heard, whoa, that could be a thought as well. Could be an option, yeah. Uh, but we mentioned this before, I think it was in the last episode, that mm. the, the 10 largest companies in the world are all tech giants today, and they have more money than most countries do. So I, I can understand why... <laughs> why they take the stance that the countries need to adapt to to the business model rather than the other way around. So yeah, it is a money thing and it is a business strategy thing and we need to keep that in mind. But to your point, um, there, there, there are solutions, there are options that could be doable in order for this to actually work without yes. having this whole law intrusion problem thingy that is going on right now. And I just want to say to people, it's not impossible to get Office 365 working and being GDR, uh, totally GDPR compliant. But nope. as you heard, there's a lot of effort involved with that. Yes. It's absolutely not impossible. No. So we just wanted to make that clear. And uh, uh, we would love to hear if you have any other ideas how this could be done. And because once again, uh, the whole situation that we are in right now, I just want to be very frank and honest here. Both me and Kim are pro cloud services. We are pro tech innovation. We are pro good services. And Office 365 and Google G Suite and whatever, and all of these services, they're awesome services. I just wanted to make that abundantly clear. It's just that the way we are structured right now in the world with the whole legal thing going on with the different laws and so on, the business models has to adapt to the laws, not the other way around, in our opinion. And yes, and just to be clear, 
from a security point, strictly security point, you cannot get anything better. Just to be clear with that no. as well. No, and that, that is the frustrating bit. I, I, I totally agree. From an availability point, from a infrastructure point, from a strict confidentiality point. No, mm. this is crazy good. Mm. Yeah, they're yes. awesome. They're just mm. tremendous. So that is, <laughs> we are, we're like, a, what, what they say, where you're, 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 you're between a rock and a hard place right now. And that's mm. essentially where we are at. So yeah, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit frustrating to be honest. But anyways, we try to give at least some reasoning of how you could actually use the services. To Kim's point, it is doable. It it just needs a lot of legwork and an effort to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, Kim, um, we are now currently six weeks away from Christmas, and this year honestly cannot end quick enough. Nah. It's been a long year. No, nothing really of significance happened during 2020. No, no, <laughs> no nothing. It's been a completely normal year. I, can, I think everyone <laughs> can agree to that or yeah. So six mm. weeks until Christmas, at least we have something to look forward to there. Mm. If you want to ask questions, if you want to participate in the podcast, if you have anything that you want us to bring up and talk about, give us suggestions on topics, you can do that at citynetwork.eu slash podcast. But until next time, Kim, we'll say goodbye for now. Hubba. Mm -hmm.